Blog Talk Radio. Are you ready to awaken to the truth of your soul? Welcome to today's episode of the Nadia Khalil Morning Show with your host, Nadia Khalil. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to today's show. Today is the 18th of September. It's 2019. I didn't get called into jury duty again. Um, last time it didn't happen until Thursday, so we'll see tonight. You can't, like, find out until, like, after 6 or 7 in the evening. But, um, geez. So, anyways, good news for that. Um, today's show, what needs to be said for marriage? Have we been doing marriage all wrong? I say that. Because people who are married and people who are no longer married are stressed by marriage. Both sides of the coin, let alone if that marriage doesn't stay where the couple are together. And I really thought, you know, what are the current percentages? of marriages ending in divorce, because that's a big indicator of what's going on in marriages. And it's almost 50% in the U.S. It's not there, but it's almost 50%. It's 41% of all first marriages through research end in divorce. But that's all over the world, 50%, close to 50% is in the U.S. 67% of all second marriages end in divorce. 67%. 74% of all third marriages end in divorce. So it gets higher as the number of marriages gets higher. There's a direct correlation. But why are there more divorces after the first one? And it's actually a very simple, logical reason that the person who's in the marriage discovers that they're less scared of going through the process of divorce because they've already done it. They have experience. doesn't mean good or bad. They just have experience. One of the fallacies of marriage, and I wrote about this in Original Love, is that marriage does not guarantee love. But the way we set up marriages is that it's very easy to get in. So we don't think as hard going in. But it's really difficult to get out. And the more possessions that are involved, and I'm going to put children in there because people fight over them like possessions. My kids, as though they're not the other person's kids, and no respect for the fact at times, that they are really people 
that they're children and they fight in front of them and they scream in front of them and they teach them. They teach them that because the kids suck in everything that they see. So I thought, what, what's wrong? What are we doing wrong with marriage? Well, there were a couple of things that Christ said about that, but I'll get to those in just a little bit. Because on the emotional side, I really had to think about, okay, when marriages work, what I would like the biggest ways in which they work. The number one reason any marriage works is because of trust. When the two people trust each other, there's no time spent on accusing each other of doing things that they fear would happen. When there's trust, all that's gone. That's all off the table. You would never think they were going to, you know, overspend or, or cheat on you with another human being or do anything that would hurt the relationship. The second biggest thing after trust is communication. Because when there's communication, that continues to reinforce and build the trust. Because the more you talk to someone, the more you can feel them, The more you are in tune to them, you understand their way of making decisions, you respect them. When there isn't respect for each other and there's constant screaming, throwing, you're either both going to be doing that and something in there rewards you and you stay, or the marriage is going to fail. You may not want it to but it's going to fail because that lack of respect means there's no reason to communicate because you don't respect what they have to say. And there's definitely no trust. Somebody's going to tell them something and it's going to take them away from me. You don't even know if you can keep the person on your own. So you start blaming external factors. Otherwise things would be perfect, but They're obviously not without the trust. Then after respect, that's when I say love. Because without trust, communication, or respect, it isn't love, is it? As people start out, I love him. I love her, even though the evidence around you isn't saying love. It's saying, I'm not sure, saying I'm curious, but it's not saying love, even though the person with their mouth may say the word love. If there's no trust, communication, and respect, there's no love. Love is huge. 
love, brings laughter, brings passion, brings intimacy. But in intimacy, it's emotional intimacy. Any two bodies can have sex. But not any two bodies can have a relationship. But we confuse one with the other. Sometimes we turn sex into love. But one of the things that happens after the way that we get married, that we partner off, is that after we get married, we start to see our own real feelings about ourselves. Like, why did I rush into this? Wow, well, the marriage, everybody was so happy. We had the most beautiful marriage, but why am I not feeling anything? What made me rush into this? And then we try to be perfect so that it doesn't look like we've made a mistake. And all of that is just to ourselves, not even to anybody else. Because we were taught and we believe that marriage is the end all. But yet half of us find out that, oh my gosh, dissolving a marriage is really gruesome and difficult and hard. Unless you both agree, but for the most part, people are getting divorced because they don't agree. And over time, they're saying that if there's still emotional baggage in the marriage, you have no business getting divorced until that's solved. Because you're not going to be able to go on. You're going to fight as much outside of the marriage as you are inside of the marriage. Unresolved is unresolved. A piece of paper doesn't bring love, doesn't guarantee love. But it also, the lack of that piece of paper doesn't guarantee that you're over everything clearly, cleanly, and lovingly. So what do we do different? What should we do different? I did a show about somebody who came up with an idea a few years ago about renewing your marriage contract. And if you don't renew, the marriage doesn't continue, but the finances and everything have already been decided so that that isn't a point of contention because that's usually, it's not about the money. That's something Christ says all the time. It's never about the money, but it's about the leverage, one trying to hurt the other, hide things from the other, and the same deceit that got them to the divorce now is all on the table. The same issues that got them to divorce now are playing out in the divorce. So even though they broke up, they're still fighting. How many TV shows do we see with He did this and she did that. And the poor kids are sitting there going, holy cow. And those kids look like they're the ones that are the parents. 
but yet they are fully and wholly affected by what they see. Because if the people who brought them into this world cannot see that they're hurting people, neither will their children. Or they'll be hyper-conscious of not hurting people because they'll want to be anything but like their parents. So just for another couple of minutes, let's talk about what are the culprits of the high divorce rate. The number one reason is getting in for the wrong reasons. When somebody has a lack of individual identity, one day while they're with you, they're going to find their identity and they are going to leave. Because the one thing they find out, not just after marriage, sometimes after they get into a relationship, because there's a difference between curiosity and love. is that lack of individual identity. We get in and we start realizing our own feelings about life, about ourselves, because there's something about marriage. There's this hypnotic state on the way in, literally hypnotic state. And when people get married too soon, that hypnotic state fades off. And you're thinking, what have I done? Oh my God, I'm stuck here. How do I get out? And the only way to get out is going to be troublesome at best. Some people try to stay in. Then they become lost in the roles that they've established. One person wants to fix everything. The other person is the victim or the other way around. Or one person's controlling both. And the other one's like, oh, this is easy. They just tell me what to do. But wait a minute, where did I go? I'm missing in my own life. Nobody can live somebody else's life for them. No one can fix everything for someone else. Nobody can decide what is right for someone else. None of your business. But when you're married, it is your business because now it's affecting your life. But the minute you think you have enough love for both of you, you're in trouble. Because now that's a a very indirect form of control. Well, if I do this, if I do that, they have no reason to leave me. And if they do, I will get them back because I've tied them in. That's a very controlling, but doesn't look like controlling way to go about any relationship is to make ourselves invaluable to the other person. I call it plugging in. People plug each other in, and it's hard to pull the cord, plug it out. When they don't share a vision of success together, they don't know where it's going. They just know they love each other, and they'll see what happens. Well, that, that doesn't work. And I'm going to tell you why. So long ago, I was a single parent myself. So I asked Christ, how could we 
Now I want to be somewhere so bad that we are willing to deal with the crazy part of someone's personality and put ourselves through that to get away. What is so hard that we can't work it out? And until I was in that situation, because I never thought I would ever get divorced, ever in my life, and it devastated me to no end that I was no longer in my marriage, even though his way of dealing with me was just not talking to me, not including me, making me feel like I was wrong, bad, stupid, and trying to erode who I was as a person. And at the time, I believed it because I did not know about why. And when I got out, All I wanted to do was breathe again. I just wanted nobody to put me down anymore. That's all I wanted. I didn't care about anything else. I didn't care about the money. I didn't care about whatever was going to happen. I just knew I had to get away. And I, I achieved my goal. I did get away. And I didn't stay in the fight of it. Once the marriage separated, he was out of the house, the first stages. I made a decision, and thank God I did at the time, not realizing how big that was, was I made a decision not to do that stereotype, cliche divorce of fighting and involving everyone you know in it. I just, I have a best friend, and he always says, and my dad also said, that someone can only fight with themselves for so long. So I I stayed on that. I didn't answer friends' texts, not texts, voicemails at the time, asking me, if I'm okay, what's wrong, he said this, whatever. I just didn't engage. I figured if I wanted to stay in the fight of it, I would just stay married. But I don't want to have that kind of divorce. I left to have peace of mind, and I am going to have peace of mind. And I did. But then I thought about it, and I said, wow, we have insurance policies for everything. We have insurance policies if we die. We have insurance policies if we crash our car. We have insurance policies for our house if anyone falls on our house. We've been doing marriage all wrong. Before we get married, we need to make it harder to get into the marriage than to get out of it. That's what we have all wrong. We need to take classes on all these reasons why marriages are to blame because no one asks questions. We just, we all believe that, well, they're in love. Not everybody's in love that gets married. They may not know it yet, but they're not. So we have to look at that because one out of two people are going to get divorced. we need to make it harder to get in if we want to continue marriage as it is. 
by really taking a look with couples. I know it's hard and people don't want to do it because what you know may hurt you (laughs) in the short term, but not in the long term. We can talk about, since people are getting into the wrong reasons, why did the two of you want to get married? Great question. Why marriage? How long have you been dating? Have you had an argument with this person? Have you seen this person at their angriest? Because if you haven't seen it before the marriage, you are going to see it after the marriage. Do you feel like you're lost? your identity with this person? Do you feel like you're living his or her life and your life is gone, pretty much? Your friends, everyone, everything you do is on your time and everything else you do is together. Are you lost in your role of being the caretaker, mother, father? Being asked separately without a precursor that that was going to be asked where you guys did not get a conversation with it prior. What is your vision of your marriage? What do you see? Because it may be two different things. You may want to be an at-home mom, and he may only be attracted to you because he loves what you do for a living. How do you know? What happens when there's no intimacy for a few days or a week or so? Does the other person get upset? Do they feel like you have to do that? Or is it something you both really just love doing? How do you feel when you think the other person let you down? Unmet expectations. What does that look like in conversation when you communicate? Do you leave with greater trust or less trust? Do you feel like, I'll show her or I'll show him how good I am? And now you guys are spinning. Finances is actually way down because finances will work if there's trust, communication, respect, love, laughter, passion, intimacy. All of a sudden, finances could be there or not. You're going to manage money whether you have little of it or a lot. And you're going to live accordingly. Being out of touch in the relationship you are in is a huge one. So we have to be really, really conscious going in doesn't guarantee that nothing will ever go wrong, but it will give you a foundation of going back to questions. Like, hey, you know what? When we got married, this is how we felt. This is what we did. And you see the other person as a person, not as someone you're divorcing, which is a completely different paradigm. When there isn't stability in our everyday life, our brain is going to look for it in any way we know it. It may not be the same way you know it. 
but each person needs to find their spot. And if their spot doesn't include you or your spot doesn't include them, it's really good to know that prior to embarking on a communication thing where you just can't talk and you scream and you holler and you push, push away and you run constantly. So the things that Christ says about it, because now let's drag God into it, because Christ is so objective that he doesn't mince words, but we cared about money prior to thinking about relationships, and we have prenups for money, and I said this before about having classes for people to take to get married, and why not incorporate into our culture a marriage prep class? But in that prenup that you're going to write together, prenuptial, it will include how you both agreed to deal with finances, how you both agree that you'd like to raise children, how you both agree to what kind of lifestyle you live as a married couple, all the way down to including family, because that's going to be your support system when you're married. But the biggest one in there would be in the event, like an insurance policy, that you break up. And I always say this about insurance policies. Once you write them up, you actually don't need them. The people who need the insurance, for the most part, are the ones who didn't bother to get it. Once you get it, you no longer worry about that, and that's what can happen in marriages. If we break up, we will not destroy ourselves or our children or our homes or our property we will leave this relationship with the love that we feel today and the respect we feel today for each other. Because when you actually say that, when you actually say that, you're both conscious of the fact that you want this relationship to work, that you are a working couple. You know how to communicate. You do trust. And then instead of being so small-minded that we cannot see we're hurting our children, let's go around that and let's protect. Let's protect ourselves and our children in the exit. That same trust and communication can exist on the way out when we start teaching that, believing that, talking about it, writing it down. Instead of saying that no matter what happens, you will still be there. You know, when you get divorced, we feel shame and we feel all these things. And it's because we don't have an exit plan if we need it. An exit plan is just disaster. And all of a sudden, the person went from being great that you married to being the worst thing that ever happened on the face of this earth, which is also not true. 
I don't believe my ex is. I love him till this day. That's something I realized. We shouldn't be penalized for outgrowing where we're at. It's the pressure we put on and the pendulum going from one side to the other that's killing the marriages. We're always going to want to be with the person we love, but how we're going to be with them is going to make a difference whether or not you can stay with them. And staying doesn't mean that you haven't done anything right or wrong. But it does mean that there's trust and communication and respect for both souls, not just for one. It scares me when people say I will do anything for that person because now they need that person to feel validated as a human themselves. So I'm going to end on this last note where Christ said, if a relationship is not right for one soul, it is ultimately not right for both. Really think about that. If a relationship is not right for one soul, it ultimately is not right for both. You guys, thank you for listening to today's show. Really think about it, especially if you're in a relationship that's looking at marriage. And I will see you tomorrow. Have a great Wednesday. Bye-bye. You have been listening to today's Daily Dose of the Nadia Khalil Morning Show. To learn more, visit www.nadiakhalil.com.